0: Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Boon language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the Sin office and studios stand. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded, it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. i a phase mom Hello and welcome to It's Not A Phase Mom here on Sin, My name's Tammy, and this is a show where each week I will dive into a different genre of music or a sub-community of the alternative. Here we're focusing on all things emo, goth, punk, hardcore, grunge. We're talking about the community controversies and the cultural shifts that these things have influenced outside of their communities and we are four episodes in on My Chemical Romance. This is the final episode that I'm putting out on this band regarding the conspiracy theory that i have that they will be releasing brand new music on the 22nd of may <laughs> for those playing along at home that is next monday you can listen to me live every single friday night on sin from 9 until 10 p.m. that's 90.7 fm sin on dab plus or you can stream via sin's website sin.org.au that is sin spelled s y n and normally these episodes will go out live there. However, this week I'm doing it a little bit differently because I simply have too much content on this band. This is a podcast exclusive episode. You can find my podcast, It's Not A Phase Mum, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, but I would recommend you follow my socials at It's Not A Phase Sin. Again, that's sin spelled S-Y-N at It's Not A Face in on Instagram and on Twitter. There's a link in my bio where you're able to find all of the playlists of every single show that I put out as well as all of my podcasted episodes and a lot of other goodies here and there. Whatever I feel like sprinkling in that link, I will put it in there. But I have too much information on this band and I would really like to wrap up this series. So today I am just rambling on this exclusive podcasted episode. And if you would ever like to tune in live, you can. We are going to be entering the Swarm Tour today and continuing on from where we left off last episode. So make sure you listen to my podcast so you can stay up to date. It should be stated before we jump into this, though, that we will be talking about some heavy topics today. We'll be talking about suicide, we'll be talking about the 9-11 terrorist attacks, and we will be talking about death. So that is your content warning. If it's something that you need to flick away from, that is absolutely fine. But if you would like to stay, I have some helplines that can give you some help if you do need. We have Beyond Blue on 1300 22 3646 Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 and we have Lifeline on 13 14 Like I said, though, today's episode is going to be very fun. We are at the bitter end. We are finally wrapping up this My Chemical Romance conspiracy that I have. It should be stated as well that a lot of people are convinced that we are getting brand new My Chemical Romance today. We will talk about that and why I think that they're wrong. And the 22nd of May is the go very, very soon. But Let's continue back where we left off from last episode. We are in the Swarm Tour. Okay, so a bit of a refresher from what we spoke about last episode is that in 2019, My Chemical Romance announced that they would be reuniting for a couple of gigs. It went from one gig in LA to a couple more gigs over in Australia to a full blown world tour. The fans didn't really know what was happening. We didn't know whether this was just a reunion tour or if they were actually reforming and we were getting brand new music. Unfortunately, COVID-19 happened and pushed the whole thing back right Roughly two years and then right before two was started in Europe we got a song called the foundations of decay it was brand new music everyone was speculating are we getting more brand new music who knows we spoke about the first couple of gigs in Europe and how Gerard was wearing fancy outfits on stage and there were things that were written on the drum heads which kind of alluded to maybe a reformation maybe this was a real thing maybe they just had a point to say who knows but where we left off was on the 24th of may in dublin ireland where the drumhead said "No," and gerard was talking a lot about how they felt very happy to be in a band again and how they felt restricted before and people were kind of speculating maybe this was the real deal maybe the band was in fact back together We're going to keep trucking along, though. The very next night, May 25th, we are still in Dublin. The drumhead still says no. Gerard is wearing a very plain outfit, again, of black jeans, a black bomber jacket and a camo shirt. But this particular night, Frank was wearing a shirt that commemorated the victims of a mass shooting in America the day before. Now, we know that My Chemical Romance have always been a very political band and have always stood up for what they believe in. So, People were kind of speculating maybe they were back to their roots and had something to say again. But either way, very on brand for the band. May 27th, we're in Warrington in England. Gerard is wearing a very casual outfit of grey-black jeans and a khaki bomber jacket. Apparently, Let's Go was written on their hand again as it was in Dublin night one, but it rubbed off very quickly and it was very hard for people to actually tell. But the drumhead says, I heart MCR. And the thing about Warrington is that it is quite close to Manchester. So this was a little bit of a joke about I heart Manchester. I heart my chemical romance Um, but it was very funny because the crowd knew that they were in fact not in Manchester and Gerard kept referring to the crowd as Manchester and I as a foreigner would have done the same thing as Gerard and referred to the crowd as Manchester because it's close enough but the locals were a little bit offended because they're not in Manchester Moving on to Cardiff, though, in Wales, May 28th, Gerard is wearing a bit more of a casual outfit again, which is black jeans, a black bomber jacket, some Swarm Tour merch, which I'm pretty sure I touched on last episode, but the band was selling merch now that had Swarm written all over it. There was a lot of earthy, murky kind of tones going on with the merch. Um, But yeah, Gerard is wearing a Swarm Tour shirt that has spray painted over it. Drink piss, piss blood. It was written in red. They were also wearing a grey scarf and the drum head says, Sit, stay, beg. Moving on to the 30th of May, though, in Glasgow in Scotland, we have a lot to unpack here. Gerard comes out wearing black jeans, a shirt that has Rat King written over it, and this is the debut of what the fans have donned, Motor Oil Gerard. Now, we called the motor oil Gerard because dry was smeared in some sort of a black substance and it looks like grease. We don't really know what it was, but it was dirty. It was murky. It was very fun. And the drum head says King Mob. Now, King Mob is a character from the Invisibles comics, which is largely thought to be a self-insert character by the author, who is Graham Morrison, who is Scottish. We're in Scotland. Gerard has spoken a lot before about how they are one of their absolute idols in just writing and comic books and everything like that. But the series does loosely follow the doings of a single cell of the Invisibles College, which is a secret organisation battling against physical and psychic oppression using time travel, magic- magic. Magic, meditation, and physical violence. If you've been following along, you know that this is very Danger Days esque. It's very my chemical romance. It makes an awful lot of sense. We have a mention of magic, which may come back again later, but we need to talk about Rat King a little bit first because a Rat King, for those who do not know, is a thing that happens sometimes when rats are in like a confined space where their tails kind of knot together and join. And it's really, really gross. However, something that I didn't know until I was researching this is that they're commonly associated with class disparity and how the rich make life hell for poorer people. Wow. Has this been tying into a lot of things that I've spoken about um, on the previous episode about the tour so far? Hmm. Much to think about. Moving on to June 1st, though, we are in France. We're in Paris. The drumhead says, thank you for the venom, but it's in French. I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I do not speak French, but we've got a casual outfit from Gerard, which is black jeans, a black Mickey Mouse shirt, and a black layered shirt with a grey cap to top things off. I originally didn't have a lot to say about this, but it just occurred to me that Mickey Mouse, rats, rats, big corporation lots to think about here june 2nd we're in the netherlands we're in rotterdam gerard is wearing a casual outfit of brown flannel over a metallica shirt and black jeans and the drum head says happy halloween june 4th we're in bologna in italy gerard is wearing a the germs shirt with a black shirt layered over the top gray jeans and the drum head says mosquito Bloodsucking. Vampires. Evil corporations? Are we reading too much into this? Who knows? (laughs) June 6th, we're in Germany, in Munich. Gerard is wearing black jeans and a shirt and the drumhead has a piece of paper printed out and taped to it that says, A cat's rage is beautiful, burning with pure cat's flame all its hair standing up and crackling, blue sparks, eyes blazing and spluttering, William S. Burroughs. June 7th, we're in Hungary. We're in Budapest. We have a casual-esque outfit from Gerard, which is a black t-shirt with a black shirt laid over the top. However, this time we have black booty shorts. Now, there is a lot to be said about these booty shorts, believe it or not. You may be thinking, this is a casual outfit. No, a lot of people have been comparing this to military silkies. We've kind of talked about the military ties so far, but there will be even more military ties in this tour as we go along. Put a pin in this, military silkies, it's a thing. The drumhead in Budapest says pest with three S's moving on to june 9th in poland we're in warsaw gerard is wearing this khaki poncho bag cloak thing it looks like a rain poncho but people have compared it to a wizard cloak perhaps and the drum head has an unknown paragraph taped to it someone has claimed that it's the lyrics to foundation of decay but no one can really verify because it is very hard to see June 11th, though, we are in the Czech Republic. We are in Prague. Gerard is wearing a casual outfit of black jeans and a shirt. However, people did notice that the shirt was on Inside Out. Does this have meaning? Who really knows? But what does have meaning is the drum head, which says, My God, The Shadows, which is a reference to the comic book series The Crow. The Crow is a very My Chemical Romance-esque story because it's very similar to The Demolition Lover's story. The Crow is about a man who is brought back from the dead to have revenge on the men who killed him and his wife. It ties very well into this whole tour's theme of violence and tragic femininity. I'm not going to jump into it, but it makes sense that that is the drumhead and it makes sense that that is part of this tour what is harder to define as part of this tour though is the very next show 12th of june we're in germany in berlin and the drumhead has a piece of paper which says what did one toilet say to the other you look pretty flushed and then gerard comes out dressed as a clown they are wearing a weird yellow suit with colored dots on it that looks like a clown they're also greasy not as greasy as motor oil gerard but still they are a grimy clown and there are no direct ties to any sort of clown in my chemical romance lore. However, there was a tweet that Gerard had one time that said that they almost joined the military once. Um, The tweet reads like this. While we're on the subject, I almost went to clown college when I was 23. I also almost joined the army. Things would have been different. It's also worth stating, though, that there has been a joke that was made in an interview one time where Gerard was doing the interviewer's makeup and the interviewer said something along the lines of, where did you learn this? Did you go to clown school? And Gerard said something about like, oh, no, actually, I went to art school. And then Frank in the background is like, that's the same thing. So the joke has been made a lot more kind of directly before, but not in the war sense, but also... It's important to note that there are a lot of mentions of carnivals and clowns throughout this whole tour. Don't really know where it started, don't really know why it started, but it has been a thing and it came up again. Um, But the last point that I have to make about this is that people have compared this outfit to Gerard's party poison mask in the Danger Days lore part of my chemical romance history. Moving on, though, to June 14th, we're in Sweden in Stockholm. Gerard is wearing black jeans and the return of that khaki rain poncho thing that a lot of people were saying was very wizard cloak-esque. But now it has Doug spray painted onto it, and Gerard is wearing skeleton face paint. Over the drum head, there is a printed image of the Eagles, the 70s band The Eagles, playing on that exact same stage in 1977, and there's a lot to talk about here we'll start with doug doug mckean is a very cool guy doug mckean has produced the black parade danger days pretty much everything from the black parade onwards for my chemical romance they produced it all they've also done a lot with gerard's solo stuff good friend of the band that is the doug reference now the eagles reference you may be thinking why are we referencing the eagles what if I told you that we have already referenced the Eagles when we talked about when Gerard had Take It Easy written on their hand in Dublin and a couple of nights after that? Um, I can't remember where we were at that point. That was an Eagles reference. That was a reference to a song by the Eagles. We are going to have more references to the band The Eagles as this tour goes on. This is not the last you have heard of it. It is the most insane thing to add to our conspiracy board but we're adding it (laughs) as well on our conspiracy board though Gerard's um skeleton face makeup tonight is that a reference to the black parade potentially a lot of people think though particularly paired with the poncho that they were wearing that this is a reference to those um reunion tour teaser videos that were posted onto their youtube channel when tour was announced Now, we just have two more shows of the European portion of this tour to go. We have two nights in Germany. Both of them are in the city of Bonn. June 17th, Gerard is wearing a pink button-down shirt with black jeans and sunglasses, and the drumhead says, It's a wonderful life. This is a reference to the 1934 film which follows the main character, George Bailey, who is a man who has given up his personal dreams in order to help others in his community. On Christmas Eve, he brings about his guardian angel because he was having thoughts of suicide. And after this intervention, um, his guardian angel shows him all of the lives that he has touched and what things would be like if he did not exist. This is very My Chemical Romancey because if we remember why the band started in the first place and Gerard witnessing the towers fall in the 9 11 terrorist attacks, it it's a very similar story. The last show, though, June 18th, Gerard is wearing a white button-down shirt with black jeans and sunglasses, and the drum head says, go hard or go home. Now, it should be stated as well that people have speculated that the past two outfits are the shirt from the Meta Man costume after it has been washed, but no one really knows the significance of why they would do that, but it, that, that's a thing that is part of the speculation. <laughs> Summarising the European portion of this tour, though, we were given so, so much from so, so little. This band had reunited, had not really told us much of their plans about reuniting, dropped a single, and then went on this tour that had been delayed after years of COVID. And we got all of these little snippets referring to older things that they had done possibly referring to newer things that they were about to do we had this whole vibe of grime of decay of almost rebirth we were kind of there at this point but not really Uh, the band was having so 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 much fun people were having fun following along on this tour everyone was very excited to see what was in store for the north american portion of the tour Okay, so starting off the North American portion of the tour, we have 30 different dates in a bunch of different cities around the United States. Kicking off 20th of August in Oklahoma City, the drum head says Big Death Energy, Gerard is wearing a black shirt, black pants, a camo jacket, and clown face paint. We are back to the clown theme in this tour. It rubbed off very, very quickly. The next night, August 21st, San Antonio, we have another casual outfit of black pants, a black T-shirt, a black shirt, um, and a black cap with the drumhead saying, Live, Love, Launch. Weapons? Military? We're back to this theme? Okay. <laughs> August 23rd, though, Nashville. The drumhead says, I bet it was you. And we have a little bit of a vibe shift because this night we have the launch of Cheerard. Cheerard, that is Gerard coming out dressed as a cheerleader. It was this beautiful vintage cheerleader's uniform. It's green and white. It has a W on it, presumably for Way. And this absolutely broke. I want to say broke the internet, but it's specifically the My Chemical Romance side of the internet. Everybody loved Chirard. Everyone thought that this was so fun and just so weirdly on brand. However, we can't really tie this to a lot that My Chemical Romance has done other than there are cheerleaders in the Teenagers film clip. But I think that this has a lot to do with Americanism and femininity. And this is a theme that we will touch on more specifically on this part of the tour. August 24th, though, moving into Cincinnati, Gerard is wearing a casual outfit of a green shirt and black jeans, but the drumhead says, smile with your eyes. Again, another very feminine thing. August 26th, Rayleigh, Gerard comes out wearing camo booty shorts and a white shirt with a cockroach on it, and the drumhead says, free bugs free bugs get it like free hugs the emo slogan of 2007 i guess it was a very internet thing you had to be there but again bugs going back to this swarmy kind of grimy tour theme however this show was very important because this is the launch of everybody hates the eagles now you may be thinking what is everybody hates the eagles Basically, this is a song that was kind of launched on this tour but also very much not really. Basically, kind of back in the Danger Days thing, the band would do this intermission between songs that was called Noise Jam. And this song, Everybody Hates the Eagles, the theme of it sounds very, very extremely similar to Noise Jam. However, now we have lyrics, but the lyrics have been different at like every show. Apparently at this show, it was so new that Gerard was like reading off of a piece of paper, just lyrics And it has morphed and changed throughout the entire tour. I'm not going to talk about the different lyrical changes on every single show because there are so many. Everybody Hates the Eagles. It also was Everybody Hates the Measles. Everybody Dies in the Cathedral. There have been all these different verses and things that have been added to this song. It has been so much fun seeing this song kind of be written but also kind of be changed alive. We don't know if it's ever going to be officially released. But this was added to the tour schedule. They played it as the encore a couple of nights. This was a weird theme throughout the tour. This specific show though in Rayleigh, I should mention before we move on that I have seen a fan online state that Gerard did start out the show with a bloody gauze pad taped over their left eye, but it fell off within like three songs. What is the significance of this? I don't really know, but there is that moving on though august 27th we are in elmont the drumhead says get in the chair which is a nod to i guess execution gerard is wearing a black shirt with camo booty shorts again a weird transparent mask as well though it kind of takes up half of their face it's like it's kind of on the top half it's very patrick bateman if you have seen american psycho but it's thicker and not like a cosmetic mask it's just a weird like it I, I don't really know what it is and i don't know how to describe it look up a photo of it it is weird it is creepy you probably wouldn't have actually even noticed it unless you were super duper close to the stage August 29th we're in Philadelphia again Gerard is wearing camo booty shorts but also an iconic black shirt that says poor boy at the vampire mansion also they are wearing this transparent mask again the drum head says bloom but a lot to dissect here there isn't actually a lot to dissect here at all but vampires vampires are a very my chemical romance theme we know that pool boy at the vampire mansion though unheard of we've never really heard of that however a funny theory that I have found online is that actually at the first ever gig that My Chemical Romance played Gerard wore a shirt that said thank you for the venom which is a My Chemical Romance song but that was not a song until Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge came out the song was not even written before Gerard wore that shirt and people are theorizing Are we going to get a song called Pool Boy at the Vampire Mansion? It's a very funny theory. I really, really hope so. August 30th, we are in Albany. Gerard is wearing camo booty shorts for the fourth night in a row, baby. They're also wearing a black shirt and the terrifying mask thing again. Don't ask me the significance of this mask, but it kept making an appearance. The drumhead says, manhunt. September 1st, we are in Uncasterville and Gerard is wearing a black shirt, a black jacket, black booty shorts, a green striped sock, which is the matching sock for the cheerleader outfit. Significance there? We don't really know. But also they're wearing black gloves and the terrifying mask transparent thing again. The drumhead says host organism. Another thing about this outfit, though, is that apparently their shirt was very faded, but it did have a horizontal knife over it and an inverted triangle saying violence under it. Significance? Who knows? September 2nd, though, we are now in Canada, in Montreal. I'm now realizing that I scratched my comment that I said earlier about 30 shows in the US, 30 shows in the US and Canada. My bad. But (laughs) Gerard is wearing a black button-up shirt and is crying blood. The drumhead says, I only have eyes for you. Now, we have a lot to unpack here. The I only have eyes for you does make a lot of sense with the whole crying blood thing. But... That's actually a song by the Flamingos. Now, we have this weird bird connection going here. We've already spoken a lot about the Eagles. There was a reference to the crow as well. Flamingos, that's also a bird. Is this a theme that's happening? Not really sure. But the crying blood from the eyes thing could be a reference to Lady of Sorrows. I don't really know much about the Lady of Sorrows because I wasn't religious. I don't really know anyone who follows a religion. But apparently that is like this common theme in christianity where the virgin mary i believe cries blood on statues sometimes i don't know but lady of sorrows is a song on bullets so significance i don't know september 4th though we are in toronto gerard is wearing a skeleton bodysuit and skeleton face paint and the drumhead says back in the cage in the cage like a bird is there a bird theme on this tour i don't really know but this outfit is very reminiscent of an outfit that revenge gerard would have wear um which was more of like a onesie than a bodysuit but still there's that skeleton theme it's it's giving my chemical romance this all somehow makes sense even though it doesn't make any sense speaking of not making any sense though night two in toronto september 5th we have the drumhead that still says back in the cage but now it says sure over the top of it and it's also in a different color but gerard is wearing a cat outfit gerard comes out wearing this black scoop neck shirt with tight pants ears and a tail they did also have um face paint on them that had like whiskers and a nose and stuff but that rubbed off super duper quickly back to cats and rats and vermin baby we've heard so much about birds we've heard so much about cats what is going on here September 7th we are in Boston though back in the United States the drumhead says spooky and Gerard is wearing this black morph kind of bodysuit thing but with the most beautiful winged black eye makeup very much like this one from the black swan there is another bird to add to our bird meter something else to add to this whole meter system thing though is that we are starting to see a lot more emergence of this femininity type theme i have not seen the black swan so i can't really comment too much about it but i do know that it has this tragic femininity type theme to it and it's a lot about rebirth and it's a lot about themes that just seem to be so important to this tour We will touch on this a lot more as we go along. But moving on to night two in Boston, September 8th, we have a casual Gerard outfit of a black shirt, black jeans and a camo jacket and the drum head says, Bears on the 405 moving on to two nights in brooklyn though september 10th we have a casual outfit from gerard which is a black shirt black jeans and a camo jacket and the drumhead says happy birthday you beautiful man because it is mikey way's birthday happy birthday mikey way september 11th also in brooklyn we have a gray button-down shirt and black jeans from gerard and the drumhead says don't ever change how sweet September 13th we're in Detroit and the drumhead says sick who's gonna help you when you're sick nurse Gerard of course Gerard comes out wearing this beautiful vintage nurse costume it's very world war 2-esque and it's just absolutely gorgeous is this a military reference perhaps is it a black parade reference perhaps is it a ghosts of you reference as in the ghosts of you film clips who really knows but this was an absolutely beautiful outfit and is an iconic to a memory for a lot of fans. Now, if you didn't already have your conspiracy hat on, you're going to need to put it on for these next two shows. We are starting off in St. Paul, September 15th. The drumhead says, sounds fun. I'm in. But Gerard comes out wearing this blue Hawaiian shirt with a long sleeved white shirt under the Hawaiian shirt. And this is a replica of an iconic outfit that Gerard wore to the 2010 Comic-Con. Highly recommend you Google it the fans have donned it lemon G because Gerard's hair was long and this blonde yellow color at the time, lemon G it was a thing, but this was a replica of that outfit. Gerard's hair was not yellow at this gig. I should point out as well. But the crazy thing about this outfit is that there is what looks like a bullet wound in their forehead. There is blood coming down. There is a clear circle, we're going to talk about this after we talk about the next show, because the next show, Chicago, September 16th, Gerard comes out wearing this beautiful button-up trench coat with this scarf draped over their head and these vintage black sunglasses. The drumhead says destroy, but what could this be referring to? Remember when in the first episode I made a point to say that Gerard is obsessed with the Kennedys? A lot of people think that this is a reference to John F. Kennedy on the first night and Jackie Kennedy on the second night. Now, there is a lot to unpack here. Is it a little bit of a reach? Kind of. However, this Jackie Kennedy thing does kind of make sense. Mostly only in the sense, though, that you know, this theme has been building on this tour of tragic femininity. And if there is a representation of tragic femininity, I think that Jackie Kennedy is a perfect representation. Also, there is this American theme, very American theme happening here. But if we're going to delve a little bit deeper into it all, um, and we move past this Kennedy theme, a lot of people believe that this reference to Gerard wearing this iconic outfit that they had once worn with the bullet in their head is referring to killing your past self which is a very foundations of decay thing that would make a lot of sense but also, to explain this whole kind of Jackie Kennedy tie into to all of it, I'm just going to read you a quote that I have ripped from a fan from somewhere on the internet. I did not document where I got this from, but this person has said, My favorite theory to explain the Jackie Kennedy outfit is the scarf over their head paired with the dress is a reference to an outfit that Nikki Wire of the Manic Street Preachers wore on stage in 1993. Gerard tweeted a picture of the Nikki outfit in 2015, I believe. The Mannix also have a history of wearing military-inspired outfits and slogans, so at the very least, there are parallels. Hmm, lots to unpack here, lots of meaning either way you interpret it, but this was one of the first outfits that we really started theorising. Hang on, there might be something more going on here because there were so many ways that you could interpret these pairing of outfits (laughs) moving on though to september 18th we are now in alpharetta gerard is wearing khaki pants a red cropped shirt a neck scarf and a beautiful elton john-esque looking pair of sunglasses it is beautiful and the drumhead says you've got the job September 20th we are in the first night in Newark the drumhead says off leash and Gerard comes out wearing a black bodysuit with thigh-high platform boots beautiful black sunglasses and bat wings this is bat Gerard do I even need to go into this bats vampires we get it this is a very My Chemical Romance look but Gerard absolutely slayed the boots down with this one insane iconic look the next night in new york though september 21st gerard comes out wearing a sparkly gold tux a very vegas casino look and the drumhead says the house always wins the house always wins being gambling slang pretty much just saying that the casino or wherever you're gambling they will always win do i even have to draw the comparison to capitalism for you as well that night they played a frank sinatra cover very las vegas lots of capitalism themes lots to unpack here but we are not in vegas so take it or leave it i don't know Moving on to September 23rd, we're now in Dover. The drumhead is a print of flowers. I don't know which flowers they are, but I think I should also point out that earlier in the tour, we had the drumhead saying bloom. Could this be about revival? Could this just be about flowers? I don't really know, but Gerard is wearing a teacher outfit or a flight attendant outfit. There is debate on this, but pretty much it's a white shirt with a black miniskirt tights, a red cravat type neck scarf thing and it is gorgeous. Now, I feel like I would love to make a connection here to the flight attendant thing because we've been talking an awful lot about birds so far. However, a really cool comparison that I have seen online is to a character in a game that I'm not at all familiar with. The game is Persona 3 and the character's name I'm about to butcher, Mitsuru Kirijo. I'm not sure, but a quick Google search has led me to a quote from this character that I think is very fitting. I remember, yes, with my father's death, I lost my purpose in life, but now I have something to live for. No longer will I run from the future. I will face it head on, carry out my father's will. I am resolved and without reservation. I owe it all to my invaluable friends, and we have promised to never lose hope, no matter what tomorrow may bring. That is very Black Parade. That is very Danger Days. That's just very My Chemical Romance. So I feel like this connection makes an awful lot of sense. <laughs> Moving on, though, September 24th, we are now in Sunrise. The drumhead says, where are you? And Gerard is a sheet ghost. Just straight up has a sheet over them with these big holes cut out for the eyes. I don't know what was happening on their face. I don't know if they were wearing like a mask under the sheet or if they had their face painted, but there were these big holes holes for the eyes because Gerard was just straight up a sheet ghost. If we do want to dissect this, I guess we can. We can talk about the afterlife. We can talk about Rebirth. We can just talk about My Chemical Romance's brand, to be honest. But I think we can just leave it as a funny little outfit, which is what it was. Just a funny little sheet ghost. It was so good. Something that is less funny and less good, though, was the next show, which was in Houston on September 27th. The drumhead says, feeling good. And Gerard was wearing this plain blue gray dress with a cardigan. And it looks lovely until people realized that this is a recreation of the outfits that the Manson girls wore to support Charles Manson in court. Now, I don't really know much about Charles Mance, nor do I know about his followers. All I know is that that is obviously an extremely bad man, but tragic femininity. This does tie into the tour theme, kind of, however, in a very roundabout way and almost insensitive, but I'm not here to judge. I'm sure that Gerard does, in fact, have a point to all of this. The very next night, we are in Dallas, September 28th. Gerard is wearing a casual outfit of a black shirt, black pants, regular Gerard night. We haven't had that in a while. And the drum head says, hail. Hail. September thirtieth, we are in Denver. Gerard is wearing black pants, a camo hat, and a black shirt that has a screenshot on it from the film Full Metal Jacket, which is not a film that I have seen. However, it is a film that is about the military. We are back to this military theme. The drumhead says swan variation. Another bird reference now if you do not know what a swan variation is i also didn't know that it was even a thing until i started researching for this so pretty much swan lake it's a ballet um it was composed by a guy whose name i'm not going to pronounce because i cannot pronounce it but basically um he ended up rewriting a lot of sections of the ballet because the ballerinas didn't like the original um swan transition choreography or music and so had the choreographers and the composers rewrite all of these different sections and so basically today there are several different swan variations now how does this relate to my chemical romance and this tour i don't really know but we're back at this very feminine energy kind of theme we're talking about um a lot to do with rewriting which i guess can kind of be tied to rebirth rewriting history i'm not really sure but there's that do with that information what you will Moving on to October 2nd in Portland, Gerard is wearing a very casual outfit of black pants, a camo jacket, and a youth coat shirt. And the drum head says Athena. Now, something that I've seen a lot of people skip over is this Athena drumhead because I think that this is one of the most monumental drumheads of this whole tour. We've been building this theme about femininity and war, and that is all pretty much what Athena is. Athena is a Greek goddess. She is the goddess of war. I could continue going on about this, but unfortunately I don't actually know that much about Athena. But I think that this has a lot to tie into this tour and what my chemical romance were trying to convey. Moving on to October 3rd, though, the very next night into coma, we have the one of the most, I think, fun costumes of this whole tour. The drumhead says, I want to watch you turn into a werewolf. How very ominous. The thing you need to know about this show is that we got a mid-show costume change. Gerard started out the show wearing a long white um, crew neck jumper with black pants. They then took that crew neck jumper off to reveal a Team Edward Twilight shirt. And then they put on a camo jacket and a cap. Now, to realize exactly how funny this is, you have to remember when we spoke about vampire money in the very first episode of this series that I have done about my chemical romance, because that was a direct response to why they wouldn't make a song for Twilight. And now we have this show where they're making references to Twilight it was so funny also on stage um, Gerard called Robert Pattinson hot and praised his performance in the new Batman series um, which of course is a character that is very near and dear to our sweet sweet Gerard way Speaking of things that are very, very near and dear to our sweet Gerard Way, we're moving into Oakland October 5th. Gerard was wearing a grey button-down shirt with grey jeans and black sunnies, but the drum head is the smiley face from The Watchmen. Now, I'm not super-duper familiar with Watchmen. However, I can tell you that it's a comic book series that is extremely near and dear to Gerard. They've spoken about it before, and to kind of summarise it, basically it's a superhero comic that kind of satirises the idea of superheroes and kind of brings them down to more of a human level. In an interview once, um, here is a quote that Gerard has said all about The Watchmen. Watchmen is not only the greatest comic ever written, it is a really important work of fiction. More so than any record, it was the first thing that really made me say to myself, I want to do this. My band, My Chemical Romance, covered Bob Dylan's Desolation Row for the movie soundtrack. The story asks, what does it take to have peace? Does it take six million people to die? Alan Moore is a prolific writer. I think of 9-11, which was one of the most horrible things in the world. I remember what it was like being in New York a week and then seven months after that event. People finally got along with each other and respected each other more. That only lasted about a year, but it was like seeing what he had written come to life in a very sick way. It's a commentary about the world at large and how people treat each other. It's an inspiration." Now, I feel like Gerard has pretty much just summarized everything that I have to add to this. Um, I have nothing to add to this. This has so much to do with the formation of the band. This has so much to do with the reformation of the band. This has a lot to do with this tour in general. We're getting a lot of just the same themes recycled, but in new and different ways. And I think that The Watchmen is a really good representation of what the band's trying to do and has always tried to do moving on though october 7th we're in las vegas gerard is wearing a black button-up shirt with some suit pants and a red pocket rose and the drumhead says my whole heart october 8th we're in sacramento gerard is wearing a khaki green shirt with scabs spray painted on it (laughs) they're also wearing black pants and a black cardigan and the drumhead says choke me Now, we're about to move into an extremely fun part of the tour. Five nights in LA. Technically, it's Inglewood, but five nights in LA. It was really fun to keep up with this particular part of the tour because five nights in the one spot, what kind of shenanigans could they possibly get up to? Basically, night number one, October 11th, we have a fan favorite return. We get the second night of cheer the exact same beautiful green and white vintage cheerleader uniform with the W on it. But now it comes complete with a cardigan that is also green and white and has an L on it. An L presumably for Lindsay. Side note of this show, Gerard had a flamethrower for no apparent reason but there is a lot of really really good video footage of this online as well the drumhead says one because it's the first night in inglewood october 12th gerard is wearing a red sweater with little black sheep on it and a white collar with a black necktie this is an outfit that princess diana had worn love and loss there is a lot to talk about love and loss and tragic femininity on this tour i swear to you the drumhead has a two on it because it's the second night in Inglewood. October 14th, the third night in Inglewood. Gerard is wearing a Merciful Fate shirt and a khaki rain poncho, and the drumhead does not have a three on it, but it does have a photo of Doug McKean in a ghillie suit in front of a mixing console. Now, we spoke about him earlier. Doug McKean was the producer on pretty much everything. um, The Black Parade onwards did a lot with Gerard with their solo stuff. And he had unfortunately recently passed away just a couple of weeks before this gig Um, while they were on tour. In fact, it was very unexpected. It was just a random brain aneurysm. Um, But it made a lot of sense that they would honor him at this particular show. Because what I've failed to mention so far is that the first show in Inglewood, they played a lot from Bullets. The second night in Inglewood, they played a lot from Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. This third night was a lot about the Black Parade, which is the first album that Doug really helped them produce on and also is an album that is a lot about love and loss and helping your friend to keep their memory going. Your memory will carry on. And that was what this night was all about. It was a very sweet homage to their friend. But... From a fan's perspective, there was a lot to speculate because if night number one was a lot about bullets, and night number two was a lot about revenge, night number three was a lot about the Black Parade, presumably night number four would be a lot about Danger Days. What's night number five going to be about? Will there be a new album dropping? Who knows? Moving on, though, October 15th, the fourth night in Inglewood, the drumhead has a four on it and Gerard is dressed as a classic Dracula. They have the white makeup with the fangs, a Edwardian kind of Victorian. I'm not sure I'm not a fashion historian, but like that waistcoat thing and like a big long cape. It was beautiful. This is so clearly My Chemical Romance's idea of vampires, as they have said a million times before. Now, it should be stated as well that the theory that they were going to play a lot of Danger Days on night number four was correct. So what was going to happen on night number five? October 17th. It's the fifth night in Inglewood, so the drum has a number five on it. Gerard comes out and is wearing What is could be seen as a normal outfit. But basically, they were wearing a skull and crossbones shirt, which while it's not a Misfits shirt, it is very strikingly similar to the makeshift Skull and Bones shirt that the Misfits singer Glenn Danzig wore um, when they were in the Misfits. And that is very important to say because – The Misfits are very central to New Jersey and have been very central to My Chemical Romance and their love for music. And they've said it a million, million times before. It makes sense that they would do a little homage to Misfits. But some cool things about this particular gig, though, is that did we get brand new music? No, but we did get a brand new live debut, which is fake your death the band played fake your death for the first time basically 16 out of the 20 songs that they played were from the album may death never stop you which was their compilation album that came out after they broke up the fans were still quite happy they also played sister to sleep which is an old demo that they played once in 2003 and never again that was really cool Another important thing to note from this show is that they threw black plastic lizards into the audience. I don't know what the significance here is. Now, we've just done five nights in LA and you may be thinking, whoa, that must have been the absolute pinnacle of this tour. Nope. Not quite. This next show, October 23rd in Las Vegas, is a key reason why I really wanted to document all of this My Chemical Romance knowledge that I have because there is so much to be said about this gig. Pretty much, they were playing this festival that is called When We Were Young. What this festival is, is it's one that banks a lot on nostalgia and nostalgia culture. Basically, they got all of the old school emo bands and put them together in one big festival so all of the, you know, now adults can go and remember what it was like when we were young. Get it? I really hope that My Chemical Romance doesn't have a little bit of a stunt to play here. Basically... What happened was before the show, Frank made an Instagram post of a bunch of his guitar picks and one Werther's original. The drum head came out and it had nothing but the best written on it, which is the Werther's original slogan. I wonder what was going to happen. Pretty much the band comes out and they are old. They have these weird like latex masks things on so they look all wrinkly and old but not only do they look wrinkly and old they are wearing their old school revenge uniforms. Frank has like the X's over his eyes like they're wearing like the suits it's as if they are still young but the beautiful thing is is that the only person who isn't dressed up in anything is Mikey. Mikey is young and covered in blood, as if he is a vampire. How did he turn into a vampire, you ask? Remember ages ago when I bought up the Ghosts of You film clip and that Mikey dies? What if Mikey was turned into a vampire there? Hmm, much to think about. Now, the beautiful thing about this, though, is that on the surface, for a non-fan, this is just kind of a funny thing to do at a festival called When We Were Young. However, for us fans, we can dig a lot deeper. And when we're talking about When My Chemical Romance did eventually break up in 2013, I haven't spoken a lot about it here because, quite frankly, it's not relevant other than to add to this story of this gig. But there was a lot going on there. A lot of the band members were struggling a lot with themselves and just life, just a lot of life things. I don't really want to dig too deep into it because it's none of my business. However, it has been mentioned before that Mikey was struggling in particular and this could be a little bit of a nod to what might've actually happened had the band not broken up. Maybe Mikey would maybe Mikey would be a vampire, but maybe Mikey would no longer be with us and the rest of the band would be still playing all of these songs. As well, important point that I did forget to mention, this is the first show that they have not played the foundations of decay at. These are all the old school hits, baby. And it makes sense for them to make this political statement at this festival that banks on this emo culture. This is a band that was dragged through the mud, through the mainstream media, and were made these weird poster children for this genre of music that they didn't even think that they aligned with. They didn't want to be part of this. They were a label that they didn't want to have. You know, they were the label. And yes, they are playing at this festival called When We Were Young. It makes sense that they would turn around at this festival and say, no, this is what you could have had. You could have had us wrinkly and old on stage. You could have had a band member who is no longer with us. And I think that the way that they most perfectly illustrated this is at the end where they threw literal vampire money into the crowd. They had printed out these sheets of like paper that looks like money that has vampire money written on it. It also has MCR5 written on it. MCR5 coming? Who knows? as well though to add to this point of they were making a political statement they were selling merch that just had merch written on it they were selling merch that had my chemical romance has run out of things to say on it this is the biggest indicator that my chemical romance are in fact back for good this isn't a reunion to a baby they are back for real what do they have to say What do they have to say? We've been trying to piece all of these things together throughout this whole tour with all of the outfits, with all of the drum heads. This band has something to say again and they are back for good. The tinfoil hat is on. We will touch on more of this as I continue to detail this tour But we're nearly at the end of the North American portion of this tour. We've just got one more show left. October 29th, we're still in Las Vegas, and Gerard comes out wearing this red military uniform. The drum head says knives for days, but this outfit very much looks like they're a leader. The leader of a marching band, perhaps? (laughs) No, for real though, this was a really cool outfit. I don't really know how to detail it much more than it is a red military uniform. But a lot of people have it speculated that since the uniform is red and black, it could be a little bit of a throwback to the Revenge era. As well, a cool thing about these shows though is that Custodiva kept playing between songs. Custodiva, what is that? You may say it is a piece of classical music from the opera Norma. What is the opera Norma? You may say. Well, let me read to you some things that I have found on the internet. Basically, the action takes place in the Gaul under the Roman occupation and is centred on the love triangle between Polione, the Roman proconsul of Gaul, Norma, his former companion, and the young Adlasia. The background is the uprising of the Gaelic people against the Roman occupiers led by the druid Orovoso. Norma, the high priestess of the druid temple, who had two children by Polyone, the Roman consul of Gaul, breaking her druid chastity vows, discovers that her lover is now in love with her friend, the young druid priestess Aglacia. Norma tries to convince Polyone to give up Aglacia and return to her, but he refuses. Norma publicly confesses her fault and is sentenced to death by fire. Polione is moved by Norma's self-sacrifice and joins her at the stake. Now, besides all of these names that I have just butchered, you know how I've been talking about this tragic feminine type-esque theme that we've had throughout this whole tour? That just adds to it, baby. You want to know what else adds to it? The very next show, November 18th in Mexico City, in Mexico. The drumhead says very faithful, but it's in Spanish. I'm not going to try and pronounce it because we know that I cannot pronounce anything. You just heard me list off all of those names. But the outfit that we have tonight is Gerard is dressed as Joan of Arc. Remember when I made a point in the first episode that around the Black Parade times, Gerard was obsessed with Joan of Arc? Remember how I brought it up and didn't really go anywhere with it? This is why it was brought up. Also, a point that I did forget to make in that previous um, episode that I made is that Joan of Arc herself does in fact feature on one of the album covers um, for the Black Parade. She is a character in the Black Parade and here she is, part of this Tour as well may 16th as well was the first day of the tour right and that was also the 102nd anniversary of her canonization this was planned you cannot tell me that this was not planned somewhere along the line there were plans for this now, for those who do not know much about Joan of Arc, I don't know very much about Joan of Arc either. But pretty much, what you need to know is that she was a very early feminist. Um, she wanted to be in the army. She wanted to be in the military. She wanted to defend her country of France. Um, she spoke to King Charles and was like, "Hey, I'm having all of these visions of like from archangels and I don't know religious things that I don't understand." Um, and yeah. Basically, she was this strong female presence who was victimized a lot for being a woman and for her femininity. And she died tragically young because they killed her. (laughs) They burnt her at the stake. They killed her. And it's awful, however this does tie into this tour a lot this ties into the foundations of decay so much she's a saint now um she did get canonized like i said 102 years ago but remember that line in the foundations of decay of he will die a saint and she will always be a harlot a word that i don't know if i'm allowed to say on the sin waves That was her baby. That was Joan of Arc. And it makes sense that we are finishing this leg of the tour with an iconic outfit like Joan of Arc that I think very well summarizes this portion of the tour. Now, you're never going to believe me, but this also summarizes the very first portion of the tour where we were talking a lot about decay and insects and swarms because you're never going to believe this, but Twitter has been able to dig up some very cool comparisons of um, a lot of like French in particular political leaders to bees and insects. Here is an excerpt of a book that I don't actually know what this book is. Somebody has just posted a photo of a page on Twitter, but it reads... The bee, as a political example, was extended by the leaders who adopted it as an sign, with the French Republic already being symbolised by the beehive and wishing to establish himself within the emblem more vulnerable and possibly less autocratic than the royal eau de bleu of the Bourbon kings he had displayed. Napoleon chose bees to recognise the tiny gold ones discovered in the tomb of the Frankish king when it was opened in the mid-16th century. The bee might have also proposed itself in subtly alluding to, but not replicating, the shape of the fleur de lis Some old French families already featured the bee in their armorial bearings to represent civic duty to king and people, and Joan of Arc was represented with a beehive to signal the female leader defending her kingdom, her banner which was said to carry the motto, "'A virgin defends the kingdom at the point of her sword.'" Now this does go on and there are a lot of French words that I can continue to mispronounce but I think you get the point that this has a point. You get the point that this band has always done everything for a reason and that's why when we get to this next part of the tour, the Oceana part of the tour, I think that it is representing when we are getting brand new music. Stay with me here okay so we're finally reaching the bitter end here we are entering real conspiracy theory territory right here this is the whole reason why i wanted to talk about this whole tour and everything it comes to a climax in the oceana part of the tour pretty much to recap so far The European portion of the tour, we're talking a lot about decay. We're talking a lot about rebirth. We're talking a lot about bugs for some reason. The Northern American and Latin American portion of the tour, we're talking a lot about tragic femininity and its ties to rebirth. And this next Oceana part of the tour very much, I think, reflects the band and the band's formation and also when we can expect some brand new things from this band so we're starting out strong march 11th auckland we are in new zealand the drum head says fix facts f you but it's the real word that i cannot say on the sin waves Gerard comes out and is wearing the most beautiful secretary outfit. This is the launch of Secretary Gerard. Gerard is wearing a grey suit with a grey skirt, white shirt, black tie, sheer tights and heeled boots with a briefcase. What could this be referring to? Who really knows? However, it is at this point that I would like to remind you of the stage set of this tour um i don't think i've actually mentioned it in my hour of rambles so far in this episode but last episode when i started covering the tour i'm sure that i did mention that we have a very post-apocalyptic stage set for this tour it has stayed throughout the whole entire run of the tour it hasn't changed very much at all from show to show from city to city The more that we delve into these Oceana shows, the more that it will become very relevant what this is referring to. Is it referring to possibly the formation of My Chemical Romance and a theme that comes back up again and again and again the more that we talk about this band? Who knows? Stay tuned to find out. March 13th, we get the first show in Brisbane here in Australia. The drumhead says everything under control and Gerard is wearing the secretary outfit again. This time it's a little bit different though. We've lost the grey suit jacket. We have a longer grey skirt this time, a white shirt, no tie, sheer tights, heeled boots and the briefcase potentially again. I'm not really sure at this show, but it's very interesting that we're getting the same sort of outfit again but it is very clearly different clothing it's styled in a different way we haven't seen this before yet March 14th, the second night in Brisbane, we have the secretary outfit again, but this time it is restyled once more. This time it's a black suit with a black skirt. The skirt is significantly shorter than the previous night. Beautiful heels this time, not boots. We also have black leather gloves and sunglasses. Again, restyled. What could this mean? More importantly, what does the drumhead mean? The drumhead says, here comes the aeroplane. Wow, I wonder if we're going to talk about the 9-11 terrorist attacks again. Hmm. March 16th, Melbourne. I was here this night. We have a secretary outfit again. Very similar to the black suit that we got in Brisbane. However, now we have a longer trench coat and an umbrella. This point will come back again. The drumhead says terror. March 17th, still in Melbourne. I was there again this night. This time we get a casual Gerard outfit. We have lost the secretary outfit. Gerard is wearing a black hat, a black shirt, grey jeans, a khaki jacket. Not really related to anything, but there was a rip in the back of the thigh, if that's of note. The drumhead says, Bark, bark, bark. March 19th, we are now in Sydney. We have the secretary outfit again. This time it's a grey suit. Big thing here is the makeup. This time we have white contact lenses and we have dried blood on the secretary outfit. The drumhead says, unkillable. Now, I do think that this drumhead does have a bit of a double meaning. I will talk about one meaning when I wrap up all of these Oceana shows, because I think that they all very clearly tie into one another. But it's important to note that this was Frank's first time back in Sydney since the traumatic bus incident in 2016 that I spoke about in the episode titled Fake Your Death. It was an episode that I did that was about the kind of breakup period of the band and how they were very much foreshadowing that they were going to get back to together, but this traumatic bus crash did happen here in Sydney in Australia and this was Frank's first time back here and it was a very big deal for him it was very clear on social media that you know he had his family here he was very well supported it was a very stressful thing to be back in a place where such trauma had happened and I think that that was very clearly summarized during their performance of I'm not okay where Frank usually screams trust me instead he screamed it didn't kill me It's just all very bittersweet. Moving on, though. Sydney, night two, March the 20th. We have the secretary outfit again. We still have the contacts that are white out of the eyes and we still have the blood. It's a little bit of a longer skirt this time, so we are still changing the secretary outfit around. But instead of unkillable, the drumhead says unkillables march 25th we're in tokyo now in japan we have the secretary outfit again this time though it is a gray suit we have more blood and the drum head says gemini we will touch on this in just a moment (laughs) the very last show of the tour though osaka japan march 26th we have the secretary outfit again still slightly modified still with blood still with contact lenses but the drum was a mirrored surface it was a mirror for pretty much the whole show until towards the end of the night where gerard wrote endless night on the drum head endless night of course being a reference to vampires will never hurt you from their first album bullets Now, this is where we hit real conspiracy territory. The tour is finished now. However, this last portion, we have seen the secretary so many times. There is a story to be told here. The story that I think that it's being told is the first night in Auckland where the drumhead says, fix facts, F you. That's just a regular secretary at work. The second night, Brisbane, everything under control. That is the secretary still at work. This is the moment before terror because the very next show, here comes the aeroplane. This is talking about a secretary who works at the Twin Towers before 9-11 happens. The next show we have terror. This is when the planes hit this makes a lot of sense because the next outfit we have is the casual gerard outfit the one casual gerard outfit of this leg of the tour we know that gerard witnessed the 9-11 terrorist attacks we know that that was the catalyst for my chemical romance forming bark 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 written on the drum head i think is a direct correlation to the dogs that were helping to search for the bodies in the rubble after the attacks unkillable this is referencing so so much this is referencing the character the secretary in this story that the band is trying to tell because clearly the next couple of shows they are wearing these grayed out white contact lenses they look like a zombie they are covered in blood they are not dead this could be said for my chemical romance as well they are no longer dead they are unkillable you cannot kill them much like you cannot kill a vampire which has been a common theme throughout this entire band's career. However, it also has been a theme throughout this whole tour. It has been a theme about the rebirth of My Chemical Romance. And I think that the very final show, being a mirrored surface, and then towards the end of the night, having that endless night written, is a reference to not only having a night that never ends, being unkillable, but also the fact that it is a reference to, to Vampires Will Never Hurt You, the band's first ever single that they put out. They have made a point of this so, so many times. I, in particular, would like to bring up a point that I made in my previous episode where I spoke about the reformation of the band and the release of Foundations of Decay, where Frank, in interviews, has made a correlation, has made a connection to Vampires Will Never Hurt You being the first single release of the band, being a minute song and the foundations of decay also being a six minute song now while we are talking about the foundations of decay i think that it's important to point out at this time that there is a direct reference in the foundations of decay to gerard witnessing the fall of the towers on the 9-11 terrorist attacks he was there the day the towers fell and so he wandered down the road That's him. That's Gerard. That's why we got that casual Gerard outfit in the middle there. Because that was Gerard witnessing the towers falling. And we would all build towers of our own only to watch the roots corrode. That is a direct reference to the band. My Chemical Romance was formed as a direct result of 9-11. And the roots corroded. It didn't work after time. The song continues on, though, to talk about how you need to keep going, how you need to move on. The song itself finishes with, Get up, coward. This, I think, is a direct and clear sign that My Chemical Romance are still kicking, they are still going to release brand new music. This last drumhead of the tour being a mirrored surface for the entirety pretty much of the show, I think is just so representative because remember when the band broke up and Gerard said, it's not a band, it's an idea. It lives in you, it lives in me. That is not a direct quote, but that's pretty much what they said in their kind of breakup blog post. It has lived on in us. My Chemical Romance has lived on in us. However, it's an endless night. They are going back to their roots. It all makes sense. Now, you may be thinking, why did we get the 22nd of May out of all of this information? And let me tell you, it has taken a lot of deciphering. And I could very well be wrong. However, I am convinced that during Gemini season, we will be getting brand new mychem content why gemini season because of the gemini drumhead it should be mentioned here that the gemini drumhead is significant in this aspect of the tour as well because gemini is represented by the twins it makes sense that if we are talking about the terrorist attacks if we are talking about the twin towers of course they would make a gemini reference because it is ruled by the twins however i don't think it's that cryptic I think that it would make an awful lot of sense for the band to release something during Gemini season because there is so much significance of Gemini season to this band. Not only this, but when we were talking in the previous episode about the release cycle following the wheel of the year, I just think that it would make sense for it to tie into a Zodiac that aligns with the band and also just holds a lot of representation during this year's wheel of the year there isn't a whole lot that is happening in Gemini season so the wheel of the year isn't relevant here but I just think that it makes sense that the band would want to do something during Gemini season let me break it down for you today the 19th of May we are not yet in Gemini season Gemini season starts on the 21st My first theory as to when we were getting brand new My Chem content was in fact today because today marks the date. The 19th of May was the date of the final gig that My Chemical Romance played in 2012 before they disbanded. It would make sense that we have had all of this about rebirth for them to rise again from the day that they stopped being a band. This being said, I think the band is simply too smart for this. I started looking at the 21st of May originally because I was so perplexed by the Lindsay shirt that Gerard wore on the 21st of May last year when they played that gig because that was kind of a standout outfit. That was more than just one of Gerard's casual murky outfits. It was a unicorn shirt. However, delving more deep into the tour, I think that that was just a simple little joke. The next date that I have in mind, which is very plausible, this is my runner-up option, is the 30th of May. What's happening on the 30th of May? That is the day that Joan of Arc died. Now, we have known about Gerard's obsession with Joan of Arc for so long now. It has had so many ties into Gerard's life, Gerard's work. My Chemical Romance is a band. Like I said, Joan of Arc featured on the Black Parade. A note that I forgot to read out before is that Gerard did a comic book series on Joan of Arc. It was very short, um, but basically a really good quote from that that I have found is, "'And these flames, these flames were the last, though not of death but of salvation. For when you burn for what you believe, you are not ash, you are embers, and I shall remain everlasting.'" If that is not very My Chemical Romance in general, but if that is not the theme of this whole tour, then I don't know what is. Like I said before, though, the 16th of May is the day that this tour started. And that is the day that Joan of Arc was officially canonized 102 years ago. It would make sense. It would make a lot of sense for the 30th of May to be the release date. However, I am not convinced. While we're on the subject of days that could be contenders that I'm not completely convinced about, I think that it's worth mentioning the 27th of May. The 27th of May is the day that Vampires Will Never Hurt You was kind of officially released because that was kind of never officially released, but it kind of was, and the band keeps talking about it. They keep talking about their formation. They keep talking about their roots. I think that it would make sense that this song the foundations of decay that has so many ties into the band's formation and their roots and everything like that, it would make sense that we're getting MCR5 on the day that MCR kind of officially started to blossom, started to bloom. That has been a theme of the tour. However, again, not completely convinced. Why am I convinced that there is so much significance in the 22nd? Well, there isn't a lot of significance, and I think that's part of the beauty. Remember, Foundations of Decay came out on the 12th, the 12th of May. Not a significant day to the band, not a significant day to anything that anyone can really tie anything to. So it doesn't really matter whether it has much significance or not. I think it has enough significance because we have spoken about it, Gemini, twins. 22. Two. It's a round, even number. It is itself twice. I don't need to explain to you the number 22, but what I do need to explain to you is when My Chemical Romance released that they were breaking up. They did it via their website, remember, by a very short statement that was released at 222. I made a note of this. I made a note of this when I was talking about it in the episode Fake Your Death where I was talking about when the band broke up. It makes sense. 222. That's when they broke up. Twenty-two. Gemini, the twins. While we're at it, 222 is a number that is often associated with angels and offering support, guidance and encouragement to move forward. I think for a very spiritual band that has been talking about a lot of spiritual things in their rebirth, this would make a lot of sense. They broke up at 222 on the 22nd, granted the 22nd of March, I know, but 22... I think that it holds a lot of significance. If it's not the 22nd of this month, there is a good chance that it could be the 22nd of next month because the 22nd of June is also still in Gemini season. This makes so much sense to me. This makes so much sense. I'm so convinced that we are getting something extremely, extremely soon. And if I'm right, then this is so funny. And if I'm wrong, then I don't really care because you've just listened to me ramble for so long about nothing. Okay, so in summary, I could talk about this band for so much longer than what I have given you today. I, in fact, am kicking myself because I have left out so many important details throughout all of this, and I can't even begin to waste your time by telling you all about them. But in summary... I think that everything that we know about this band has been for a reason. Everything that My Chemical Romance has done has been for a reason. Everything that they have said, they have said for a reason. They've always stood for a reason. There has always been something going on and that's why they stopped being a band. They had nothing more to say. They didn't have anything important to add to any discussion. They wanted to go explore their own things. However, they are back together. They have an awful lot to say now, particularly after... The pandemic, I think that what they had to say before the pandemic versus what they're going to say after the pandemic are two completely different things. Because, as well, I think that their release cycle was extremely, extremely impacted by the delay of the tour and the delays that COVID put on them. So, what we are left with now is the first half of the tour, which was in Europe, a lot of it relating to decay, of infestation, of rats, of swarm. I think that a lot of this has to do with the fall and rise of the band. I think this has a lot to do with the fall and rise of My Chemical Romance rather than any sort of indication of what sort of new things we have to come. That's where I think the Northern American part of the tour came into it. I think Northern America and Latin America had an awful lot to do with tragic femininity it did tie into this theme of rebirth a lot which the swarm aspect in the european tour was doing a little bit but clearly we have some form of rebirth we have a lot to do with femininity we have a lot to do with war I think that the final portion of the tour, the Oceana stretch, has a lot to do with this next release cycle. I think that this was telling a story. I think that this makes sense in my head, and I hope that I have made it make sense in your head too. Welcome to the Delusional Express. The train is leaving the station. We're going to have a sick time. I'm really excited for whatever this band has in store next. It's going to be great. I'm... Even if it's not great, this anticipation has made me feel like a kid again. I feel like a kid just waiting in eager anticipation and it feels lovely. My 14-year-old self is happy. My 24-year-old self is extremely happy. Everything is right in the world again. Everything is so good. And this is where I'm going to leave you tonight. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble. This has been an awful lot of fun, but keep in mind that you can always listen to a shorter and a lot cooler condensed version of maybe this but also maybe cooler things let's be real every single friday night from 9 until 10 p.m on sin that's 90.7 fm sin on dab plus or you can stream in via sin's website sin.org.au that is since spelt S-Y-N. If you were listening today, the 19th of May, you can tune in tonight and listen to me do a cool little bonus episode where I get to talk about a lot of fun things to do with My Chemical Romance that I didn't get to talk about during this whole series because I was trying to make it condensed and then clearly gave up because I've been chewing your ear off for over an hour now. So... <laughs> There's that. Make sure you keep up to date on my socials as well, at It's Not A Face Sin on Instagram and Twitter. I've got a cool link in my bio there that can give you the playlists of all the songs that I play on all my live shows, as well as all of my podcasted episodes. There are a couple of other goodies that will be hiding in there as well. So make sure you keep up to date with the show. There's going to be a lot of really cool things coming. This is the close on My Chemical Romance. Stick around and let's see if we get some brand new music next week. If we do, that would be really funny. If we don't, that's so fine because when we do eventually get new music, I'm going to be streaming, having a listen party. It's going to be great. Come hang out with me. <laughs> this is where I'm going to leave you tonight, though. This has been It's Not a Phase Mum here on Sin. My name's Tammy. Thank you for tuning in. If what you just heard's raised any issues for you, here are some people you can call right now to talk to. Lifeline 13 11 14. The Kids Helpline on one 55 1800 or Beyond Blue at 1300 22 46 36.